Good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing today? I feel like I haven't been at church in a while. You know, I got married, went on my honeymoon. and um, So my name is Blaine Hewitt. I'm the youth pastor here. I do get paid to be here, but I haven't been here. So, um, but hey, you know, had some stuff going on. But I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm excited to preach to all of you guys today. Um, I'm excited that, I don't know, I feel like God has given me a word. And yeah, I'm just excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And you know, I haven't been able to talk to you guys actually or actually been up front in front of you guys until, um, or at least from celebration for what we had for uprising, and I just I just want to you guys and I want to say publicly to you guys is that I just want to thank you guys so much for your support and for your prayers and just how amazing this this school year was for our for our uprising youth ministry and just I don't know it's just amazing stuff and I know that we could not do it without you guys and your support and your prayers and all the different things that all of you guys do is truly an honor to do this and it's truly an honor to be a part of this church it's truly an honor to be a part of this church um there's some things that are like we've been having meetings about and talking about um as a yeah like as a leadership team and i'm really really hoping that we get to to announce them soon but i mean i just I know I say this every single time I preach, but I truly believe that the best is yet to come for this church. And I know that I'm a hopeless optimist. Well, that, that doesn't sound right. I'm a hopeful optimist. There it is. So, so I'm a hopeful optimist, but I just truly believe that the best is yet to come. And just to buckle in and just to watch this space and just see what God is going to do through us. And I just cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm really excited to preach to you guys because I got married. And so after two weeks of marriage, I have decided to preach a marriage relationship sermon. So everybody, after two weeks of, you know, ups and downs, and, um, I have decided that, no, I'm just kidding by that. It's completely a joke. But I'm excited to preach today, and I wouldn't be able to preach without Mary and Shane. I know they're not here right now, um, but I just, like, I don't know, like, after getting married and they they helped they we went through premarital counseling with them and it is so cool to have a pastor and yeah just that he is in and in, in for um the success of our marriage and how much of a blessing that is and just how awesome it is and i know that they are celebrating mary's birthday today that shane remembered that shane remembered so that is really good so let's be praying for them. And so before I get started, I actually want to read my psalms to you guys. We're going through the psalms this July. And July, summer is kind of a great time to pause and reflect all of what God has done. Now psalms, they have some really, really cool prayers, some really uplifting prayers, but also some really real prayers uh, to God and just some stuff in there. And, and it, maybe even this summer you want to read through some of the psalms and just the realness of that of prayers to God. Isn't it awesome that God listens to all of our prayers, the good ones, the bad ones, when we're mad with him, when we're happy with him, all those different things. But we're going to be reading Psalm 121 today. So here we go. I lift up to my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you all from harm. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now 
and forever. And I really wanted to read it in the message version too, so we're going to read that really quick. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from mountains? No, my strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Not on your life. Israel's guardian God will never doze or sleep. God is your guardian right at your side to protect you, shielding you from sunstroke, sheltering you from moonstroke. No idea that you could have moonstroke, whatever that means. But God guards it from you. So praise God. So God guards you from every evil. He guards your very life. He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now. He guards you always. Isn't that an amazing thing about in the times that we live in, in the moments now that God is guarding us, that he's an active God. He does not slumber nor sleep, but he is with us in the moments that we need him most. He protects us. He is with us now. And I don't want to keep going because I got to preach to you guys and I need to leave some stuff, but I just want you to know and I want to encourage you. We can honestly read that verse and just end the day, but it is amazing that we have a God that guards us. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what just that what you are doing, God, we are so grateful and we are so blessed by just your presence with us, God. And I believe that everybody in this room can have a face-to-face -face encounter with you, God, the God who guards us, a guardian God for us. You neither slumber nor sleep, and you are with us now, God. I, I pray if anybody's facing anything that is giving them stress or anxiety or just, I don't know, something that makes them feel up... up with their back up against the wall, God, I pray that today they would know that you are with them and that you are working on a solution. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Marriage is great, by the way. Marriage is great. Marriage is great. I love marriage. There are things that you can do that married people cannot do. And that, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. I would highly endorse marriage. And so, um, great stuff. And I love it. I've had a great time. Um, so, but... And this would not, this would not, this did not impede, this did not, um, this did not, yeah, like, waver in my decision at all. But um, a week before the wedding, like a week before the wedding, like Monday, Sunday, Monday, I was hit with, like, oh my gosh, there is so much responsibility coming my way. Like, we got a mortgage now, like, whatever that is. We got stuff to do. We got to take care of this house. We got to clean this house. I got to mow the lawn. Like all these different things. We could just like, just all these ways. I got to be a husband. I got to be a good husband. And I got a job. And I really want to see God come through in my job. And so like all these different things, just this wave of responsibility, all these thoughts and things that I like, I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be good enough for this? It's like, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like I've never been hit with this response before. And all the responsibility like changes in like, one night and like one night and everything changes and like and I just was like struck with oh my gosh there is responsibility and, and, and not only that but I was struck with I have a lot of deficits like I have a lot of deficits I really don't have a lot of knowledge about this stuff I've never been a husband before so I don't I, I, I hope I have what it takes to be a good one I, I was really really fearful of maybe running out or like running out of like I don't know, like energy or, or money or it's just so many different things of like, there's so many deficits that I have, deficits that I have in strength and knowledge in so many different ways. And, 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 and this isn't the very first time that I felt this, felt like this. And I feel like maybe somebody in this room or maybe some of us are even feeling like this right now. Like maybe somebody, something that God is calling us into or maybe a new season, all you can feel are like the deficits. 
And all you can see are maybe the things on your shortcomings or the things that maybe um, all you can think about is that I am not good enough for this or I don't even know if I have what it takes or do I even have enough to get through this season and all I can see is the places that maybe I am having my shortcomings in. And so there's this fear of not having enough. This fear of not having enough or, or running short. And, and I think that we read the psalm, and I, but I think this, the story of Moses is a beautiful and awesome way to, that we can see this. That the, the God who shows up even in the deficit, the God who shows up in our guardian God who guides us through all of this. You know, I think all of us, maybe all of us, have seen the amazing movie, The Prince of Egypt. I love that movie. Great movie. And so some of us might need, or we've read the Bible, um, so some of us might need, might know the story of Moses. Some of us might have an understanding of the story of Moses, but I just want to give you a brief rundown of it. I'm not going to read all the verses, because that would take way too long. But, so, Moses' story, Moses' starts out, there's this bleak situation in the Bible. It says that the, the Israelites have been held in captivity for 400 years, and then all of a sudden, it just starts a story about a baby about an Israelite baby who was born. Now, during that time, the, the, the Pharaoh started to view all the Israelites living in Egypt as threats, as threats. They're growing in number, like, oh, and they might take over at some point, and so they start to make them slaves. But so during that time, then, while he was threatened, he ordered that all Israelite babies would be killed. Now, Moses' mom, fortunately, has the baby. Moses' mom fortunately has the baby, and after he has grown up for a while, she's like, I don't know if I can, I can hide him anymore, and I don't want him to be killed. And so what they do is they just put him in a basket and push him down the river. Now, fortunately, that day, Pharaoh's daughter, or the princess of Egypt, was chilling in the, in the, in the river, and she found this baby in a basket. And she's like, oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to adopt this baby. I'm going to take care of him. He's going to grow up in the. He's going to grow up in the palace. And not only that, but he looks at he looks at Moses's sister who was falling at time and said, "Hey, I need you to take care of this baby." And so not only does well, Dad's giving me that I said something wrong. The mom took care. Oh well, yeah, the mom can take care. I know what you're saying, Dad. I got this. Okay, this is my sermon, Dad. So back off. So. <laughs> And so, and so, um, and so anyway, so Moses' mom gets to actually take care of the very baby that she had to get rid of. And he, and even though, even though the prince of Egypt, they have this huge moment where Moses finally realizes he is the Israelite and he is called to get the Israelites out of here, that, that's not what happened. I'm, I'm sorry, like, well, I mean, yeah. But, in, but to, to me, I think, I think Moses always grew up knowing who he was, but he had the privilege of growing up in the palace. And what an amazing privilege he had. But, but, but there was something, there was a passion that was placed within Moses that he knew it was wrong that these, that these people or the, the, the Egyptians had taken over and were enslaving his, his brethren, the Israelites. And so he had a passion within him to see his people set free. But unfortunately, he used his passion for ill gain. He, he thought he could maybe do it. I don't know if he maybe thought he could do it by killing one Egyptian at a time, but he does it secretly because he was, he, was, he was mistreating a Israelite during that, a Hebrew during that time. And so 
Moses kills this guard, but he thought he did secretly, but he didn't. And somebody found out that he did it. And so Moses now has, has to run. And on his way there, he finds his wife at a well, or soon to be wife at a well. And not only does he find his wife, but he actually meets a man named Jethro, who later is the, the father of his wife, who actually helps Moses later run the Israelites and the Hebrews and helps him set up all the different things. And so all these crazy things happen. All these crazy things happen all within a chapter. And the amazing thing is, through this whole chapter, God is not mentioned one time. God is not mentioned one time through the story of Moses. God is not mentioned one time in this, this chapter 2. And what, what I guess what I'm trying to get you to see today is, is that God doesn't need to be mentioned in your story. Or maybe you didn't even know God during your story. Maybe there are moments where you were praying, but God was working it out. You were meeting people. You were going to different situations. And God's hand was on your life. Those coincidences that, those coincidences that happened, they were not just coincidences. No, it was God working it out. Those friendships that you had, those, that job that you had, all of those different things. God was working it out for you. His invisible hand was all over your life and I guess what I'm trying to get you to encourage you today today is too is that his hand is still on your life that he's still working something out that he's still doing stuff that he is still his hand is still on your life and I want you to know that today that he is still working in your life now today the same as he was with Moses God has God's hand has been and is still on your life and so the, the, the story ends. We find Moses now in, in the desert. But th then there's this next verse. There's this next verse in chap Exodus chapter 2, 23 through 25. And it says this. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of, because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. So stop. Not, not only do we have a God that is working things out in your life, but he actually hears our cry. He heard the cry of the Israelites and that, that, that they were in slavery and he did not want that for them anymore. He hears our cries. He hears what you are going through. He hears your concerns about your life. I love this. And God, so God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. We do not have a God that is sitting on the sidelines or that is removed from our stories, but no, he's intimately involved and he hears our cries during the night. He is the God who never slumbers nor sleeps. He is listening to you now with what you are going through. But the crazy thing is about this, that the next verse when it goes into chapter 3, is that it says that God hears Israel's cries. So Israel cries. God listens. God hears it. And then he starts talking to Moses. The very next verse. And so, but wouldn't you and us as an Israelites or as a people, wouldn't you like as Israelites to know that God is talking to Moses? Or, or there, there is no inclination during this process that it says that God then told the Israelites, hey, I'm talking to my guy Moses and he's going to come and get you out. But, but the, the, the thing to notice here is that maybe you've been crying to God at night. Maybe you've been going through something and you've been praying. And I want you to know that God is already talking to the solution. 
Maybe you didn't know about her. Maybe you, you weren't sure about her. Maybe you didn't, you didn't hear from him yet. But I want you to know that God is talking to the solution. That God, that the Israelites cry out and God listens and hears and then God starts talking to Moses. Maybe you don't see it right now, but God is working on the solution to your problem. But here's the flip side of this. Here's the flip side of this. What if we are Moses? What if we are Moses? What if people in our city, what if people in our family, what if people, what if friends or people at our work, what if people are crying out for somebody to show up and maybe they don't even know they're crying to God. Maybe they don't know, maybe they don't even know what they're crying out about, but God hears their cry and they start talking to us. They, what if, what if our church is supposed to be Moses? What if there's things and passions and, and stuff that in dreams that he's put in our hearts so that we can be the solution to somebody else? And I know God, yes, Jesus is the answer, but he does it through us. And so what if we are Moses and we are to say yes to him today and to fill in the gap and to walk into Egypt? And he asks us to walk into Egypt and to let our people go to get his children back into his family. And so my question is today, is, is, is there a calling? There is a call. My question is today, will you say yes to him? There is a calling on your life. There is a passion on your life. There is a dream on your life that you have to be Moses to somebody else. And God is asking you today, will you step into your purpose? Will you step into your purpose? And as us, us as a church, as a body of believers, will we step into our purpose? And will we go into the dark places like Egypt and ask, ask to, get, <clears throat> to get God's children back into his family? But, but the thing about this is, and the thing about whenever I preach about this, or when I think about this, or when I read about, when I read these verses, all I can still think about are my deficits. All I can still think about are my deficits. The, the things that I thought, <clears throat> the things that I think will hold me back, or the things that I think that I'm not good enough, that I'm not gifted enough, I have a fear of running out, that I don't know if I have what it takes. When people tell me that I'm Moses or people tell me that I have a great calling, it's like, I don't know, man, I know what I've done, I know what I've said. There, there's things that I know about myself. And what about all of my deficits? What about all of my deficits? And God says this to Moses in Exodus 3, 17 through 4. It says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. So, so Moses and God now are talking about God's call in Moses' life. And it says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, and the Cellulites. And, and, um, so can we stay here, though, for a second? Is that... Is that um, can we stay here for a second? Because I think this is the same as that calling God is calling us to, to hear that Jesus now has come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, or we could say sin. The thing that is held holding people captive, Jesus has come down now, and his intent is to put them into the land or the life or the calling that God has for all of us. And we are now to fill in that gap and to be Moses and to tell people that God wants you not to live in slavery anymore, but to live the life that God has lived that has called them to live. And so we are now to fill in the gap. And this is God's intention for all of humanity. Let's keep going. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. 
So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people to the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? There it is, the deficit. Who am I to do this? Who am I that God would call me to do something like this? Am I really called? God, why, would you, why can't you just call somebody else? I think there's somebody better for the job. And then God said this, I will be with you. And this will be my sign to you that it is, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say to them? So, so during Egyptian culture during that time, every single god, gods, had a name. And that's how you invoke them. That's how, that's how you, you brought them about. And so, so Moses, probably being brought up in this Egyptian culture, probably thought at the same time, I need a name for God so that when I need him, I can call upon him and he will come to me and do what I need. And that's, side note, so everybody knows, that's what the ten plagues were about. They're all different gods that the Egyptians were worshiping. And so God was showing that he was God above all those gods. Little history lesson for you. So that's why he did all those certain plagues that he did. So... So what shall I, what is his name then? What shall I tell them? And so Moses now is, gets his phone out, gets his notes app out, and he's like, all right, here's what I need to tell him. Or your notebook, or whatever, stone tablets, whatever you would want. And so he gets those out, and he's like, this is what I'm going to tell people. This is what I'm going to tell people. And then God says this. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you're going to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Isn't that kind of like, what is he talking about? I am who I am. Like, what, what, what do you mean, I am who I am? Like, that doesn't really give me an answer. That doesn't really give me, like, a huge amount of information that I can tell other people. But, but here it is in this moment, is that Moses has no idea how God is going to fill in the gap for him. Moses in that moment has no idea all the different things that God is going to do for him and for the Israelites and to fill in the gap. And so God is saying, you cannot put me in a box. I am who I am. I'm going to show up for you, Moses, time and time again. And I am who I am in that moment, in that season. I am. I am. And so in our moments of weakness, when we think we have deficits, when we feel like we can't fill in the gap or we do not have enough, I just want you to know that the great I am of God is going to fill in the gap. Sometimes we have no idea how God is going to do what we need him to do. When we have weaknesses, when we can't, when we can't do the things that he has called us to do, God fills in the gap. God fills in the gap. And, and so some of you, he may be saying today, maybe you are feeling the pressure of providing for your family, or maybe you, maybe right now money's not looking too good, or maybe you're just like, I don't know how we're going to be able to get through this season right now. And I just want you to know that God is saying to you, I am provider. I'm provider. Maybe you are feeling so much stress and anxiety or depression, or maybe so many things are just going on in your life. And, and maybe times are good, but maybe inside you just feel like there's so much stress and so many different things. And I just want you to know that today that Jesus is saying to you that I am peace. I am peace. <clears throat> and maybe you're thinking even today that there is a sin that I've committed, that there is no way that God, that God can forgive. And I want you to know that he is saying today, I am the Lamb of God, the, the one who wipes away all of your sin, who has forgiven you. You are not held down by that anymore. I am the Lamb of God. And maybe you are today, you just need somebody to sit down with you and listen to your cry and listen to you, what you've been, for, been through. And you know that Jesus actually says that I am your friend. Jesus is your friend and he is there to sit with you, to cry with you to be with you 
And maybe today even you are facing a death in your life. Or maybe somebody close to you has died. Or maybe you've just seen so many different things on the news or reports. And I want you to know that Jesus has said, I am the resurrection and the life. That Jesus rose on the third day. And so no longer is death the period in our life, but it is just a comma. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So no matter what we are going through, no matter what we are facing, no matter de whatever deficit we may have or or weakness we may have. God fills in the gap for us. And you may be facing a huge thing right now. And I just want you to encourage you today that God is the God of your deficit. Whatever you are facing or whatever your shortcoming is, that God is there for you and he will fill in the gap. We serve the great I am. You do not have to be worried about anything that you do not have. We do not need to be worried about anything we do not have. God has everything in store for us. So no longer do we need to worry about the shortcomings in our life because God has promised and God will fill in the gap for all of us. We serve the great I am. We serve the great I am. And so God, all of your life, God has been working. God has, had, has an invisible hand on your life, your relationships, the places that you've shown up, the people that you've gotten to meet, and then your encounter with God. And not only has he been working on your life, but he actually promises and he actually does fill in the gap for all of our weaknesses and all of our shortcomings. He is the great I am. And not only does he do that, but he actually goes before us in all the different things that he has called us to do. You see, Moses killed a man and Moses was on the run for his life. But God says this right before he goes into Egypt. He says this in Exodus 4. 19, it says this. Now the Lord had said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. You see now that Moses now has no worry anymore about walking into Egypt because those, those, those people that wanted to kill him are now, <clears throat> are now dead. God had prepared the way for him. Now, now Moses can just walk into Egypt knowing all the customs, all the different things from the palace, and tell, tell Pharaoh to let his people go. God had gone before him. God had prepared the way for him. So his invisible hand is on our lives. And yes, he's working all those things. He will fill in the gaps, but he is also providing the way for you. When I was living in Australia... And I told people that I was going to go back home to be a youth pastor. There was a really funny lady, and she always talked to me about different things. And I, and, I, and I loved talking to her. And she came up to me, and she said, I heard you're going back home to be a youth pastor. And I just want you to know that I'm praying for you, and you need to start praying that angels go before you, and they prepare the way, and they do different things. And <clears throat> they prepare the way for you so that God, they, so that God can prepare the way for you. And, and, and I had no, I kind of like really no idea what she was talking about in that moment, but I, I've kind of just prayed it in faith, like God prepare the way for me that hearts and situations and things are ready for when I, when I get there. And, and, and the crazy thing is now, now that I think about it and now that I look at it is that God has been preparing this for us for, for so long. God has, there have been situations and people that I've talked to and it's like, man, God has been preparing this for, for so long, things that I didn't even have to, to ask for, that I can just walk into schools now and talk to students and invite them to youth group, and it's all because of past relationships that other people have had, and that's crazy. That's crazy, and I just want everybody to know today that God is preparing the way for you, and so now I have this confidence, is that I pray, God, would anybody that is close to the eternity, would you please bring them in my path in that day? 
And so I even have the confidence now, and, I, and, I, and I'm not always get it right, but I even know now that every day if I come in contact with a person or if they walk in youth group, God is actively pursuing them. And so I have the confidence now that wherever I lay my feet or wherever I walk, that God has already prepared the way there. And so we can have confidence that God has prepared the way for you and for I. His, his, his invisible hand has always been on your life. He's going to fill in the deficit. And now God has prepared the way for you. And so the amazing thing is that he neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's been doing all these different things for you. And so here's my encouragement today. You can get some rest. And you can sleep. And you can know that God is preparing the way for you. That he's always been preparing the way for you. And you can rest and understand that, his per- that he's working out his purpose in your life. And so now you can go to bed at night and sleep. And, ha- and find rest in your life. And the ultimate thing that, that we needed to battle, and the ultimate thing that we battle in this life, he has already taken care of, and that is sin. He died for you and for me because he loved us so much. The thing that held all of us down in slavery, just like the Israelites to the Egyptians. And he has forgiven us of all of our sins, so now we live and we walk in victory. He has handled it. He has handled it for you and for me. And so now we walk in victory today. He has prepared the way for all of us. He has prepared the way for all of us. So there is an invisible hand of God on your life, working all things out. He fills in the gap. He fills in the deficit. He has prepared the way for us today. And so my question for you today is, will you pick up your purpose? Will you pick up this purpose? Will you be the one that says yes to God and what he is doing in your life? Will you say yes to what what he has for you? Because we all have a choice today. And what I mean by picking up your purpose is this. And I really hope everybody gets this illustration. So... Let's go to, yes, Exodus 1, 4, 3. So this is the exchange with Moses and God before, they, before he goes into Egypt. He says this, What if they did, do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you. Then he said to him, What is that in your hand, a staff? He replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. And Moses threw it on the ground and became a snake and he ran from it. All right. So God, so God is preparing Moses to go. To go to Egypt, to, to, to do the thing that he has called you him to do. And he asked him, what is in his hand, a staff? And I want you to think about this staff. I'm going to put this on the ground. And I want you to think about this staff that he's just thrown on the ground. It is the very thing that probably would have reminded him every day. He's a shepherd in the desert every single day because of the choice that he made to kill somebody. He had to go on the run because of it. He had to do all those different things because, and it reminded him every single day why he's a shepherd. Because of that choice he made to kill somebody. And so God now asks, what is in your, what is in your hand? And he pro- Moses probably thought about all those different things, all those different days, and the reason that he was in that desert, and the reason he even had a staff is because he killed somebody now. And so God asks, and he throws it on the ground. And he throws it on the ground and becomes a snake, and he runs from it. And he runs from it. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. You see, the amazing thing about this staff the amazing thing about it is that the same staff that, that would have reminded him every single day of the choices that he made is the same staff that he rose up at the Red Sea to split the sea to take everybody through it and into freedom. And so the same staff, the same staff that reminded him every day of his greatest mistake is the same staff is the one that led everybody through the, everybody through the Red Sea so that they could be free. 
And I guess what I'm trying to let you see today is that no matter choices you made, no matter what has gone on in your life, no matter the things that you've done or the mistakes that you've made, that God is making a way for you to use it for your purpose. Those things that you have done and that invisible hand of God in your life, those deficits that you have filled, all of those different things that have happened, that he's prepared the way for you, he will use every single thing that has happened to you, even your biggest mistake in your life. And so the question is, are you going to run from your purpose like Moses did for a little bit? Or are you going to pick up that staff? Are you going to pick up your purpose? And are you going to be all that God has called you to be today? Are you going to be all that God has called you to be today? And so that's what I encourage you with, is that today that all of us, we would pick up, pick up our purpose and become the person that God has called us to be. That God has done all these different things for all of us. God has prepared the way so many different ways for all of us. That he's the God who never slumbers nor sleeps. And so I encourage you, I implore to you that there are people that are hurting and there are people that are crying out and we are the people to fill in the gap. And so would we all pick up our purpose today and be the people that God has called us to be. No matter the mistakes we've made, no matter the things that we have done, God is calling us now today, and he wants to use you because he loves you and he cares for you so much. And I just want to read Psalm 121 really quick to end it. In Psalm 121, it says this, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? You see, when, when Mo, this is called a song of ascent, and so what they would do is, during holidays, they would all walk, Hebrew, Israelites, no matter what they're from, they would all walk to Israel to celebrate um, festivals and stuff, and so they would sing Psalm 121. And they say this line, I lift up my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? And the amazing thing is, is that there's like hills and stuff that were on the way to Jerusalem, and from former kingdoms or from former um, different things, there have been a lot of idols on these hills for worship. And then they would say, my help comes from the Lord, and they would turn their head towards Jerusalem, because they would know that their source is from God. And so today, while we're going through our purpose, when we pick up our purpose, may we never forget that our source is ultimately God, our guardian God, who's always guarding us in our purpose, no matter what we were going through, no matter what we are facing. When we walk into Egypt in the darkest places, let us know that God is on our side, that he's prepared the way, and he is guarding us through all of it. So let's say yes to what God has for us, because there are people who desperately need freedom in this world, and let's step up and be the people that God has called us to be. Let me pray. You, Jesus. Thank you so much for today, God. Thank you so much for what you're doing, God. Thank you so much that you are a guardian guard, that God, that you are guarding us, that you have gone before us, that your, your hand has been, our, been on our life, our whole lives. And may we understand that today and have the courage to understand that you have gone before us in our purpose and in our lives and in our understanding, God. God, may we be the church that steps up. May we be the ones that say yes to what you have for us, God. May we have the courage to go in those dark places, to go into Egypt and call people into freedom today. God, I pray for anybody that maybe has somebody that does not know you in their lives. God, I pray that today maybe they get a phone call or a text to say, man, I really want to learn about this Jesus thing, God. I pray that we are the church that steps up during this time. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.